Morning, church. Wow. It's already been a powerful service. And uh, I almost feel like I don't need to preach because I think the Holy Spirit said enough, hasn't he? (laughs) But uh, he has given me a word, so I'll just be obedient and share what he's given me. Uh, Last week, I just heard these words, be the church. Okay, Lord. (laughs) I just meditated on it, prayed on it, and uh, asked the Lord to kind of show me what he means and what he wants to speak to us about, be the church. So that's what I'm going to do, share what he's put on my heart and encourage us today and pray that he empowers us to be the church because that's who we are, that's who you are. We're the church, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm just going to start in the book of Acts from chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let me just quickly pray. Lord, hide me behind the cross and let me decrease. Lord, let you increase, Father. Say what you have to say through me today, Lord, and let every heart be open to hear what you have to say, Lord. I thank you today, Lord God, that it doesn't matter which way we've come into this place today, we can leave differently than the way we came in. So, Lord, I just pray, do what only you can do. Be God and meet us in this place. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. All right, so last week, Pastor Chris preached on uh, Pentecost, the Holy Spirit. And uh, sometimes my birthday actually falls on Pentecost. I didn't know this till a few uh, years ago. And I, I, I often wondered, I wonder if I was born on Pentecost. <laughs> was I born on the day of Pentecost? But I'm just going to go backwards to a few verses before what I've just read out in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 36 to 41, just to uh, build a little platform looking back. And it says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptised in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to those far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God Sorry, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptised and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. 
One of the first things I realised about being the church is we can't be the church without the Holy Spirit. It's so important that we have the Holy Spirit. I know I couldn't be a part of the church without the Holy Spirit. I'd make a lot of mistakes and it'd be so hard to do what God has called me to do. But thank God we've got the Holy Spirit. And perhaps today, if you, uh, in, on your journey, you, you've not yet made that decision for Christ. And, you, and as, as, as the word of, uh, word of God is coming across and you say, you know what? I want to be the church. I want the Holy Spirit. Perhaps there's an opportunity for you today to receive the Holy Spirit for yourself. So the word church in the Greek is the word ecclesia. It means the assembly or the called out ones. I don't know about you, but I was called out. I was called out the crack house. I was called out the pub. I was called out the madness. I was called out the, the past that I used to live. God called me out of that pit. And many of you have been called out of whatever life you were living before. The madness. God has called us out of darkness. And I was thinking this week about Jesus being a superhero. He's a superhero. He's my hero. He saved me. But have you ever seen superheroes on the TV? They, usually like the X-Men or something like that. They have a place where they recruit, they recruit other superheroes to save the world, to save people. And I was kind of thinking, that's pretty much like the church. What Jesus is doing is recruiting people <laughs> to come together, to be like him, to be like a superhero. <laughs> Instead of having an S on your chest, you can have a JC on your chest. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus is a superhero. And we've been and, and we've been called to be superheroes in this broken world. Would you ever want to be a superhero when you was a kid? Do you ever look on the team and say, I want to be a superhero? <laughs> Jesus has turned our mess into a message for the world. Yeah, all the mess, all the things I've been through, all the brokenness, the madness. Because turned it around, so now I can go out into this broken world and share a message of hope and tell people, you don't have to stay a drug addict. You don't have to stay a gang member. You don't have to stay messed up in that mess. God's got a plan for your life. And there's a global vision for the church, and this was given to the disciples in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples... I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So being part of the church is about being discipled and then going on to disciple others. And it's hard at first to want to allow yourself to be discipled because when I first came to church, I thought I knew it all. <laughs> I thought I knew what I needed to do, but at some point I had to learn how to come under, how to submit, how to learn, how to be teachable. And this is part of what the church is there for, to train us up, to train us up, to equip us so that we can be the body of Christ, so that we can be like Christ in this world. There's a local vision for the church which is found in Acts uh, 1 8. As Pastor Chris read this last week, he says, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere 
in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world, and to the ends of the earth. So it's got to start locally in this town, Chido. We start here, then we move on a little bit broader to Kingsley and to Blythe Bridge and to Teen, and then we spread out a little bit more to Stoke and to Utoxeter and to Derby and other places. But it's got to start here in this play in this in this town of Cheadle. The church is like a Holy Ghost hospital where people can come in out of the world where they've been smashed to pieces, abused. Um, by people, by circumstances, and be healed and made whole. I've received so much healing in the church because I used to run here and there looking for healing. I used to run to this place looking for healing. I used to run to that place looking for healing. And it might have lasted a little bit, but it didn't satisfy, it didn't last the way that the touch of God upon my life has lasted. So when I realise that Jesus is the answer, that the church is the place where we come together and the power of God touches your life and brings healing... That's when you realise, I need to be in the church. I need to be in the presence of God. I need to be with Jesus. He's the answer. He's the one that can heal me. He's the one that can get deep down into my heart where no human hands can reach. He created me. So he knows what's, the, what's wrong with me. He knows how to put me back together. There's a beautiful scripture here in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21. It says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us back, uh, sorry, who, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I think that's work it's supposed to say, the work of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, and through God we are pleading, uh, uh, sorry, as though God were pleading through us, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Apologies for that, I got a bit mixed up. But isn't that beautiful that it means that my life now can be used as a ministry of reconciliation for others. That my life that was once tore up from the floor up, messed up from the chest up, beat up from the feet up, can now be a message to someone for hope, to let them know, listen, the place where you're in now doesn't have to be where it ends. That you can now have a, a, a you, God can use your life to now bring that broken person to the Father. The same goodness that God's done for me, he can do for you. And that's a great message of hope, that we are ambassadors for Christ. Imagine that. What? Ambassadors for Christ? Me? And nobody from the backside of Manchester running around doing madness from the least of my family. I'm an ambassador for Christ. You're an ambassador for Christ. He's called your name. He's called you out of the madness. Yeah? I, I'm nobody. But the same, the same way Paul said, listen, I was a persecutor of the Christians. He used to be a chief of sinners. But the same way God put a call upon the apostle Paul and all the disciples, he put a call upon you, upon me. And he's found us worthy to be his church. Some of you might be sad today and think, I'm not worthy to be the church. 
me and my life and what I've done. What can I do for Jesus? But like Chris said, all of the past is wiped away. All of the sin is washed away. And he's made us new so that we can stand in the presence of God and live for God and serve God because we've been made holy. We've been washed. We've been cleansed. So we can have a fresh start. What does it say? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Are you in Christ? Yeah. Amen. Behold, all things become new. The old things have passed away. God gives us power and authority over the enemy of the devil. I'm going to share a couple of scriptures with you. Empower you today, because this is truth from the word of God. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. It says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Some of the power? All of the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. That's Jesus talking to his disciples, talking to the church, talking to you. He says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among saints, uh, sorry, snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. We have to take ownership of that and believe that. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just words on the page. It's real truth. And when we all take ownership of that as a church and believe it, we can walk in that and demons flee. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. How many is in this room right now? Hey, we can scare the whole kingdom of darkness away because the church is coming together in unity. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 18 says, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. <laughs> and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Yeah? These signs will accompany those who believe. Do you believe? Are you a believer? Are you the church? Are you a child of God? Well, this is for you. This is what Jesus says. And he doesn't lie. He tells the truth. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Let's believe that church because that's what belongs to us. Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He says you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. He says you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. He says greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. I spoke earlier about the Holy Spirit and Chris spoke last week about the Holy Spirit. Do you know Christ in you? The doominous power the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you have that doom in his power, like a dynamite, boom, explosive. But like uh, Colin said earlier, <laughs> and uh, he's in the spirit, bless him, because the Lord said the same thing to me this morning. If we don't plug in, like a mobile phone, if we don't plug into the power, yeah, then we're walking around without the power. But if we spend time to charge up in prayer, charge up in worship, charge up in the word, then the more charged up we get, guess what? The more power we have to overcome the enemy, to overcome the things of the enemy, and to overcome obstacles. 
to use the authority and the power that God's given us. Don't, down, don't downgrade your dream to fit your reality. Upgrade your mindset to match your destiny. Yeah? So if God's given you a vision to be the church, if God's given you a vision to be a man or a woman of God, God's given you a vision to be a pastor or a leader or an evangelist or a prophet or an apostle, whatever he's given you a vision to do, don't downgrade your dream to fit your reality. Because how many know it? Our reality in the natural looks hard and tough and all these things. But if God has said something to you, you're going to be a mighty man of God. You're going to take the world for Jesus. You're going to preach the gospel. Hold on to that. And upgrade your mindset to match your destiny. And run towards your destiny. So you distance yourself from your history. <coughs> Praise the Lord. All right, a little bit further. Psalms 24, 7 to 10. Let's see what that says. All right, it says, Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. Will we open up and let him into our lives? Because I have to do that on a daily basis. And when I don't, I'm in trouble. <laughs> if I don't open up my life and let him in, then I'm wrestling with God. And there's only, a, only one winner in that fight, and it ain't me. Yeah? I have to open up my life to God. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Whatever part of my life, I have to open up to God. I can't keep some things to myself and expect to get the breakthrough and the blessing that I'm, that I'm looking for. It's all or nothing, all for Jesus. I have to open up some, some parts that look ugly, some parts that look broken, some parts look embarrassing. Listen, I've got a past, my childhood. I was abused, different things, different things happened. I was adopted, loads of different things. But in that brokenness, when I open up to the King of glory and I let him in, I get healing, I get breakthrough. The plan and purpose of God for my life begins to unfold when I let him in. I know some of us men, and I'll minister to the men for a second, the world teaches men to be strong and have bravado and don't cry and don't show any weakness and be tough and be strong. But Jesus says, he flips it upside down, he says, open up, let it out. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to share your vulnerabilities. And that's what the Spirit was saying today. Because some of us hold on and hold on and hold on to all that burden. It weighs us down until we break down. But sometimes that breakdown is a good place to be because then we can be open. And then we can look to God and allow him to, to heal us and set us free. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom, and I've had to learn this myself. We need one another in order to be the church. Sometimes as Christians on the outside of the church trying to be lone rangers and it doesn't work. How do I know? I've tried. Try to be the lone ranger. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 to 21 says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, 
that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make any less, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would it hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would it smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye could never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. So it is with us, the church, coming together. I can't say I don't need you. You can't say you don't need me. We all come together to make up the church. I need you just as much as you need me. I need to rely and, and look to each one of you because you have something that I need and I have something that you need. And when we work together as a team in unity, that's when the blessing flows. That's when the anointing flows. As we read in the first scripture, it says they were all in one accord. They all had everything in common. And that's where the early church, I believe that's the blueprint that we need to stick to as a church. We can learn from that scripture in Acts and think, well, what did they do that we can do today? Okay, we might not be able to sell our, all our possessions and share the money between us. That's a little bit, <laughs> we might not be that daring, but we can do some stuff. We can come together and have meals with each other. We can check on each other and ask how each other's doing. We can try to be a family because that's what the church is, a family. All right, I'm nearly finished. Colossians chapter 2, 1 to 3. This is talking about the Apostle Paul. And he says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ. We don't have to run to the world for the wisdom and knowledge. He's in Christ. And where's Christ? He's in you. He's in me. So we can tap into that in prayer. <laughs> And Paul agonized for the church, and Jesus agonized for the church. And I wonder today, do we agonize for the people out there that are lost and hurting and bound by the devil? Because I know I do. I walk down the street sometimes and I look at people in a daze and doing what they're doing, and I think, man, I used to be there. I used to be out there in the madness. I used to be out there without Christ, lost and hurting. And I, and I agonize over those who are going to hell. And agonize over family members that I know are going to hell, that are lost, that need Jesus. Maybe even people on my own street, maybe even my own neighbor across the, across the way. And I pray for them and I agonize over them because that's what Jesus does. And when you've got the Spirit of God on the inside, you agonize over the person next to you who's an unbeliever because you know that tomorrow's not promised. I've woke up today and I'm glad I've woke up to see another day. And I might say to you, if I gave you a million pounds now, would you take it? You'd go, yeah, I'd take it. And I said, what about if I give you 10 million pounds? But the only, the, only, uh, the only thing is you're not allowed to wake up tomorrow. Would you still take the 10 million pounds? If I said, you can have the 10 million, but you don't get to wake up tomorrow. There you go. Which means you value waking up tomorrow more than 10 million pounds. 
That's how precious it is. I've got a few quotes and I'm nearly finished. These are quotes about the church. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. The church is a hospital for sinners and not a museum for saints. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to the garage makes you a car. It's <laughs> a good one, right? I like that one. A prayerful church is a powerful church. Yeah? A prayerful church is a powerful church. We will never change the world by going to church. We will change we will change the we will only change the world by being the church. I'll say that again. We will never change the world by going to church. We'll only change the world by being the church. We can be the church when we learn to love one another more than ourselves. We can be the church when we forgive each other and overlook and let go of offence. We can be the church when we start to live for God and say yes to him in complete surrender and stop living for ourselves in selfishness. We can be the church when we allow the master potter to mould us and shape us into the person that he has called us to be. We can be the church when we turn from our idols and turn to God with all our heart in true worship. We can be the church when we lay down our lives to answer the call to pick up our cross and follow Jesus all the way. We can be the church when we believe the truth in God's word and trust him with all our hearts. We can be the church when we feel the anguish that Jesus felt and the Apostle Paul felt for people who are lost in the world and are going to hell. My sermon's finished, but I just want to ask you this question. Why are you here today? That's the question God was asking me. Are we here because we want to be the church? Believe it or not, every one of us right now, I'm standing, you're sitting, but we're sitting and standing on the tears of saints. That's what the Lord told me a few years back. This church has been here for quite a long time. And believe it or not, there's been saints that have cried in intercession and prayer on these, this very floor. They've been praying and agonizing and crying out for me and you here at Shield New Life Church. God has brought us together to be his church. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, I'm going to pray for us. Lord, here we are. We are church. We're not perfect people, but God in you, you make us perfect. Because Lord, you make all things new. So I just pray today, wherever we're at in our walk with you, whether we're believers or unbelievers, I pray today that we'd make a decision once and for all, to be the church, to be empowered with the power and authority you've given us through your Holy Spirit, to be used by you, to be your hands and your feet, to reach a dying world, to reach those in our neighbourhood, those in our jobs, those around us, to tell people about you, to lead them to you, to lead them to salvation, Lord. Help us to be the church. Lord, we just pray, Father, bless your people today. Bless each and every one of us, Lord, to be who you call us to be, your church, the glorious, triumphant church that you want us to be. For you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so shall it be here in Cheadle New Life Church. Build your church, Lord, and the gates of hell will not prevail against this church because we are your church. 
So Lord, bless us as we go our separate ways today and let us ponder what it is you've had to say to us so that we can make that decision, not just today, but every day, to be the church. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. 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 Amen.